if you could sit down with someone that's made every potential mistake in building their business and team and finally got it right, and by right, I mean $200 million in volume, $5 million in GCI, seven extraordinary salespeople, four great admin teammates, and a VA, what kind of questions would you ask? Well, I know the questions I'm going to ask. Welcome to the show, my dear. Thank you so much. So it's been a few days since I saw you in Miami recently. You yes. and Brian, we had dinner with a bunch of our you know, friends and coaching and having that wonderful time on the boat. For the people that haven't connected with you, um, how long have you been selling real estate? Where do you sell real estate? And then we'll get into all the nitty gritty. We want to talk about like team building stuff here today. Okay. So tell them who you are, where you're from, and give them the scoop. Okay. Uh, my name is Emma Lefkowitz. I'm from San Diego, California. I started in real estate as a hobby in 2005 uh, in San Diego, just yeah. trying to figure it out, hold yeah. an open house here and there. Um, slowly figured out that this is a full-time career, not a part-time career. And here we are today, 2022, built a team, built a brokerage, tried everything, failed at everything, started over. How do you say all that with such a beautiful smile? Failed it's, at everything. <laughs> it's been a fun journey. Yes. And honestly, it, it's taken a lot of, you know, taken a lot of twists and turns. It's right. been a roller coaster, but mm -hmm. I feel like we're in the best place we've ever been as a team. And it really has changed my whole life. So, And I think you just gave the person listening right now some hope, right? Because so often we make mistakes and then we we turn it into a part of our identity. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. like oh, did I tell you back in 2009 when? Oh, did I tell you about this and and that's why today I am. You seem to be like I made all these mistakes and this is exactly why I am. Like how does one get that perspective? It's an attitude, right? Yeah. I mean, you decide that you know there's going to be hard times. You know things are going to be rough. You know there will be mistakes along the way. Nobody is perfect. We're mm -hmm. human, mm -hmm. and we give ourselves grace, mm -hmm. and we move forward. And fortunately, I've made so many different mistakes that I now just stumble, fall, and get back up again. I literally trip almost every day. I'm very clumsy. I tripped yesterday and hurt my back, and I'm like, okay, well, take some Advil, move on. That's right. not my story for the day. I'm going right. to move forward. I'm going to get on a plane and come see Tom Ferry. So, Where did that come from? Like, is that like your like your parents? Like, what's the origin story of this attitude? I think it is my parents. I think it was my upbringing. Mm -hmm. I think my parents are immigrants. There's no mm -hmm. time for, you know, yeah. sadness and crying. And yeah. we don't, you know, we don't sit around and think about the sad things. We move forward mm -hmm. and we continue to build and grow. So, yeah, I do think it came from my parents. Where were your folks from? Um, Ireland, originally. Okay. So I was actually born there, which is small part of my story. Yeah. Um, born in Dublin, moved to San Diego when I was two. And my parents left everything behind and started new in San Diego. They wanted to give their kids the American dream. Right. That's a, um, well, probably at two, that was easier, right? Yes. Do you have any, me, older, I have any two, older siblings? two older siblings, two older brothers, mm -hmm. yeah, who were six and 10 at the time. Yeah. So yeah, for them, it was a much bigger move, bigger yeah. transition. Yeah. But all of us have fortunately flourished. Yeah. And my parents, they pushed us hard. They pushed us hard. They wanted everything for us. They wanted us to go to college. They right. wanted us to have a business. Right. So that's where I think it comes from is they're just was never time to be, you know, sulk. There was no time for sulking. Right. I think that's such a blessing. Um, I know for the person listening right now, like any one of us that either was raised in a, a different environment or you come from a different country and you show up here and you realize like anything is possible. Yeah. And I know as I say that someone right now might be listening like, oh, you don't understand my story. Well, maybe you need to change your story. Did you have to change your story at all? Yes. Like, like when you when you first built a team and it didn't work? 
Yes. Right? When you built your brokerage and you're like, what the? This is why they call them broker. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, exactly. So give us some of the mistakes you made just to get like, you know, so, so people can even have more richness for you. Yes. So one of the things that has helped me to rebuild my story over time is listening to people on stage at events like yeah. Summit and yeah. coming to, you know, even the smaller mastermind mm-hmm. groups with you, just hearing people's stories mm-hmm. and saying, wow, they did that. I can do that. Like right. that is huge. Just seeing other normal average people mm-hmm. who came from maybe something or maybe nothing, mm-hmm. but they built incredible teams, incredible lifestyles right. and saying, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's been, that that has really like hit me hard and made yeah. me realize that I can do anything I set my mind to. And that's, that's huge. So yes. from the brokerage to the team, just all of that was was mindset. It was, okay, I'm going to build a brokerage. I've seen mm-hmm. people do it. I know I can do it. Right. Let me go out, get my broker's license, hire a coach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously transformative to have that Tom yeah. Perry coach behind me yeah. and build a brokerage. And then you know, within two to three years, realizing, wow, this was a terrible idea. This is really hard. And it's a lot of stress on my shoulders and I don't sleep at night and I'm making no money. Why did I do this? Yeah, because you went from selling a ton. So why did you decide to do a brokerage? I think it was- And I'm not knocking for like, there's a broker (laughs) out there listening like, hey. Hey, no, brokerages are great if you do them right. I think there is a right way to do it. I didn't have a team in my brokerage. So that would have been the model. Very traditional model. Totally. 90% splits in San Diego. Exactly. Giving all the money away. And if you don't have an escrow (laughs) company, a title company, and a mortgage company, you make no money. Which at the time I didn't. And then I learned because I listened to some smart people who said ancillary services are where it's at. But that took years to get there. And I had to make all the mistakes along the way. And I learned that I like the support of being in someone else's brokerage. And I like running a team versus a company. So big shifts, but I had to go through all of that to get to where I am today. So I talk a lot about scars, right? Like you know, I've had multiple surgeries in my life, but I think of scars as like lessons, right? Like, you know, or wrinkles and scars and like, it's because we've lived, we've gone through hardship. We've dealt with situations that, you know, maybe some people would crumble and we were able to rise above that. Yes. You clearly have that in spades. So, so I appreciate you kind of sharing a little of the, you know, the hard part of it all. Talk about today for the person that maybe is listening right now and maybe they're reimagining their team. We talked off camera about like what needs to be in place in order to to really build a great sales team. So 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 shed some light on that. Like what needs to be in place before I do it? Yes. So admin support is so important. And I think we joke when we, especially at Summit, we joke mm-hmm. about, you know, hey, should I hire an admin? Is it, is it time? Right. Yes, yes. You should have done it yesterday. Yes. The admin support and having that operational team, the sales team mm-hmm. behind you mm-hmm. allows you to go out and sell more homes. Right. And if you want to be a successful salesperson, you have to have a successful team behind you. So what do you start with? Okay, actually break down. You have four four people on your admin team. So yes. what are what are the roles? Like right. what what do they do? So we have a transaction manager who okay. does all of the from contract to close work. So okay. she takes the file once it's in a contract, takes it to close, Good. both on the buy side and the sell side. She Good. does everything. Okay. Um, then we have a buyer's admin. So this is a bit unusual. She writes all of our offers. Oh, I love yeah. that. So she writes offers for the whole team, which allows me to feel confident that mm-hmm. when those offers go out, they're perfect. So yes. it might be a little bit OCD. And I'd like, if my name's going to be attached to an offer, it has to be perfect. So. Okay, so, so I want to stop and just talk about this for a minute. So- 
Is this because your agents were writing such wonderful offers that you were like, let me just get them even more support? Or what was the, what was sort of the reason behind this? So the impetus for this was yeah. when the market was super crazy these last couple of years. Yeah. And you had to write a stellar offer in order to mm -hmm. get your client's offer accepted. Mm -hmm. We had to go above and beyond. We had to get creative. We had to mm -hmm. make sure our offer was perfect, the presentation, the way it was sent to the agent. Mm -hmm. And the only way to control that was for me to have someone in-house writing those stellar offers. There uh, there will be thousands of team leaders that listen to this and we could literally just go like this. Mic drop, stop right there. Yes, that, like I'm gonna call Tom Tool afterwards. We, as his coach, we've been working on the sausage making of, you know, every offer has to go through the Slack channel in order for everybody, like two sets yes. of eyes on it. And then we get kick it back, right? Like all these things, but it, it could just be a buyer's admin who is responsible for perfect offers. I love that. Yes. Okay. So she's the perfect offer writer. We recently brought in a VA just to support her. Even better. And so when she's not available nights and weekends, mm -hmm. her VA writes the offers. She still checks them or I check them yes. if she's offline, but there's always someone 24-7 available to write offers for my team. That is so smart. Okay, what's yeah. the third? So TC manager, contract to close, buy side, sell side. Um, a buyer admin who is really offers. Offers. That's and it. Plus That's a VA, job. so it's 24 7. Mm -hmm. What's and number then three? Client care manager. Okay, so what's she, that? I know those words, but what does that mean? So she loves on our clients. That's her whole job. Okay. She buys all of the gifts for closings yeah. and also gifts along the way for yeah. referrals, for agent referrals, for whatever we need a gift right. for. She right. she has a formula. She orders yeah. the gifts, she ships them out, yeah. and, and she just takes care of the people. She you have like your own. Full-time giftology person, basically. Basically, yeah. Right? That's so in house, smart. She's, so smart. She's fantastic. She's part of every transaction. She knows what's going on in the office. Mm -hmm. She just she's there to support the team yes. in the gifting way. Yes. So, and also, if I need to gift the team, she will also pick up gifts for right. the team, which is great. Does she so, buy like like birthday gifts for your family? And <laughs> no, we haven't gotten that far yet. I need that role. That that's family yes. manager. That's on right. my list of hires for this year. Um, I, love I need it. a family manager. Um, What's and number then four? number four. Ooh, gosh, you stumped me. TC buyer admin support VA client care marketing. marketing. Thank I was you. like, hello, Chandra. marketing marketing manager. We have an amazing marketing manager um, who was actually a referral from another Team Plus um, agent who knew someone and sent them our way. Awesome. Um, which has been the best referral ever, better yes. than any client ever. Um, so marketing, she does all of our marketing, social media, print, mm -hmm. flyers for open houses, literally everything. And that's huge. Amazing. So I want to come back to, I want to come back to the question, which is you said you need to start with admin and now someone's like, oh my goodness. She's got like that, like just the cost structure of those four plus a VA yes. in Southern California, right? It's got to be pretty hefty. It um, is. It's a big payroll, and that's why our team has to right. pull the weight. That's why you got to. People need to sell houses. People yes. like the, yes. so. So you did two hundred million in volume, five million in GCI last year. If the person's listening right now, so often, you, I mean, you see it. People, Emma, how did you do it? Right, and you're like, well, okay. First, you hire this one, then you hire this one, because in the beginning, you hire one, right. and you try and make them do all of that. Oh yes, and is then that is that okay to start? No. You have to have a plan and you can't overwork the person. I That mistake I've made multiple times until I figured that out. You can't ask one person to do all four of those right. jobs right. and expect them to be successful. Okay. They, they burn out. I just literally said this to my client yesterday. Are you expecting to find a unicorn? Right. Right? Because unicorns don't exist. They don't. They right? Don't. You got to find, you got to break down the role and say, this is what I need. So could, could the person listening right now say, I'm going to outsource to a TC company Absolutely. and I've got that one handled. So if I had that, how would you value rank 
marketing manager, client care manager, buyer offer written manager, if you've got a team, how would you value rank? Which one goes second if TC is handled? So, so the admin role, whether it's your admin as your TC or your admin as your buyer's agent support person, mm-hmm. that's number one. That's yes. number one. Because if you can outsource, you can outsource marketing for right. sure. Right. You can outsource client care, giftology. Yes. There's lots yes. of websites yep. that will, Client you know, Giant, I think is another one. Shout out to Client I Giant. I just heard about right? that one. Yeah. So there's yep. a lot of good websites that you can do yes. set and forget and right. get your client on a gift management team and that's it. Yep. Um, so a lot of it can outsource. Having someone to support you, whether that's someone back in the office writing your offers while mm-hmm. you're out showing clients. Right. So we talk a lot about highest and best use of time. My mm-hmm. highest and best use of time took me years to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's being in front of clients, whether yes. I'm at a listing appointment or out with buyers or just mm-hmm. networking. Right. That's where I should always be. So right. I, if I'm there, who is writing the offers? Who is inputting the MLS? Mm-hmm. So that person needs to be your first admin, is the yes. person who can fill in the role while you're right. out in front of clients. That's yeah, that's it. Answer the phone, write offers, take care of this, take care. I mean, yes. All right. So so that's super impactful. The next question is, so once I have that in place, you know, everybody wants to race and out and go hire salespeople. And, and you know, you know, it's across the board. Some people only want experienced people. Some people only want brand new agents. Some people want people three years or less in the business that have sold like seven to 10 houses. Maybe aren't too tainted. We can give them leads. Who's your ideal salesperson? Like you, you have seven and you have very high retention today. Who's your ideal? So our ideal is, and and the, we've created an avatar with our coach, but the ideal is basically one to three years in the business, yep. selling around 10 to 20 homes a year, mm-hmm. but hasn't really tapped their full potential. Right. And our value proposition to them is we can help you to sell 30 to 50 homes a year yes. with our formula of success mm-hmm. and leveraging our past success. Right. So that's our value proposition. If we can find that person one to three years, they don't usually have bad habits yet. Maybe they do, and mm-hmm. we can try to undo some of that. Yeah. But we we have to teach them kind of the barren way, which you know is doing things our way. And right. if, if it works and they get it, which we see within three to six months, amazing, they stay with us forever. Right. If they don't get it and it doesn't work, maybe their ego takes over, maybe they're too much of a driver, whatever the case may be, then we say, this isn't the right fit. Thanks for being here. Good luck to you. So how that's you, that's what we figured out. How do you have those hard conversations? Ooh, I, Being a leader, like this is the where. So no, you're not. I hate hard conversations. I hate confrontations. Let's have that's, one. That's, that's why. That's, that's why, why I have, I have you on the show today, Emma. <laughs> Brian and I were chatting. <laughs> Brian, Brian is her has, partner, business partner, her office husband, as we uh, yes. he was once referred to. Yes. Um, but you got to have them. No, we do. We do. And depending on who it is, Brian mm-hmm. will will either do it together, mm-hmm. which is important, or I'll do it if it's, it needs to be a really soft conversation. If mm-hmm. it needs to be a hard conversation, it's all Brian because yeah. he's he's the hard he's got the yes. hard edges. Yeah. Um, but the conversation is this: this isn't the right fit for you or for us. So mm-hmm. it, the conversation is. You know, we think there's a better place for you where you'll be more successful. Yeah, this is not the place. I literally did this once, and the person said, "No, no, I want to stay here. I'm happy here. Thank you," and yes. walked out. And I and Brian almost killed me. Um. So yeah, the conversation is: we think there's a better place for you where you'll yeah. be more successful. Can um, and this is a loaded question. Can we be too nice as leaders? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And is I, that a bad thing? Is yes. it bad to care that much, or and not? I mean, not be trampled on, but be too nice. Only if you're being taken advantage of. Yeah. If if people know you're going to be so nice that they're able to then use that against you, 
yes, that's a bad thing. If they know you have a huge heart and they can come to you with anything, Mm -hmm. that's the perfect way to do it. Yes. And there's a fine line, and I don't always get it right, but I try really hard. So you sell your brokerage. You start back up as a team, right, pretty quickly. And, I mean, you know, 159 transactions last year. I mean, that puts you – what top like twenty in San Diego? I'm uh, guessing we were number six last month. In you're San like Diego. you're like number six, but <laughs> shut up, coach. Like not no, that you're competitive, okay. Just right? Six. You know, but yeah. but so top twenty, right? So yes. number six. Yes. yes. Um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of great agents and a lot of great teams in San Diego. Um, you've like a couple of people I've talked to have this sort of mindset of like I want a smaller team, right? Like SEAL team, like yes. we talked about it many yep. times before. What is your mindset about that? Why SEAL team versus, you know, 60 people, 16 people, 80 people? There's no right or wrong. I'm just curious. Yeah. So, I mean, we were up to 22 agents when I had the brokerage. Mm -hmm. And I was running around like, you know, chicken with my head cut off. And I was miserable. I didn't like that. I felt spread way too thin. Mm -hmm. So when we rebuilt the team from the ground up, we said, let's keep it small and strong Mm -hmm. and tight. And for us, it's been, it's the secret sauce. Yeah. Keeping it small. Anytime yeah. we grow too big and we get up to 10 agents, we lose our attention to detail. We lose our quality. Mm-hmm. And we just can't love on our agents as much. And it, and the team doesn't like it either. So yeah. we, the team loves to keep it small. Yeah. They feel in control. We feel in control. It clearly controls a thing I keep using. Clearly. That <laughs> but it just, control freak. <laughs> it works. Yes. And we've learned that we can continue to sell more and more homes each year with the right. same team if we just keep tweaking yeah. tweaking other parts of the business. But it doesn't mean we have to have 20 agents no. to sell 200 houses. Again, I, I've said it so many times on this Tomb Builder show. There's no wrong way to do it. What's your, it's your business. You decide how do you want it to be, right? Lots of different models. All the, I mean, Brian Ladder was just inside here. Like we- you talk to all these people and then you see the people that are very similar gravitate towards one another. And then yes. you all go look around and go, what's it like having 30? Yeah. What's it like having 300? What's it like doing a billion dollars in sales? I'm not sure if I want that. Right. But that's okay. It's, it's know thyself. Exactly. Okay. Switch gears and talk about culture. Yes. Right. So how do you, first of all, how do you define it? How do you execute on it? How do you maintain it? How does that work for you? So culture for us is very much, well, we treat our team like a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, we get together at least once a week for lunch. We're having, you know, coaching sessions. We're we're spending a lot of time together. We're in the I want to be a part of your family. We eat together once a week and we coach each other. Yes, that's what we do. It's really fun. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of hugs. There's a lot of support. Yes. There's a lot. There are a lot of you got a minute phone calls. I'm happy to take those. Mm -hmm. I I just want to be there for my team, just like I am for my clients. It's the same customer service. And we talk about that in our team meetings, which is, you serve your clients like you serve your team. Yes. And as long as you're always coming from that place of service, mm-hmm. you'll be successful because right. you will attract the people who want that. Yep. And that that's our culture. And our when we're doing role play and we're doing script practice, all of our lines come from let's give people five-star customer service. Let's be, you know, the Nima mm-hmm. Marcus of realtors. Like yes. we just want that reputation. And the more we speak it, the more it happens, which – Okay, you just said you just said a phrase that makes my heart sing. Role play. Role play. How often does your team role play, and what do they role play? So only once a week at team meetings, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll go through a scenario. Mm-hmm. Someone had a difficult conversation with a client, or you need a price reduction. This right. is a new one. <gasps> price, reduction. price reduction. What's that? I know. 
scary, Google scary it. place. Um, yes. So we have to, these are conversations our agents only having been in the business one to three years right. have never had. Right. So we have to go through it and we have to say, okay, you're going to be the client, I'm going to be the agent, mm-hmm. and we and we practice. Yes. We find that the team really appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just Brian and I role playing in front of them and just gives them a laugh, right. they can pick up some lines, they can mm-hmm. build their confidence mm-hmm. around having these conversations and it works. I love it. So so let, let's talk about that for a minute. Clearly, you know, inflation is real. We're in a recession. Um, now, the good news is, and interest rates are up. Yes. But all three of those things, in the case of housing, means home prices go up, but less transactions are done. Right. No one knows yet how many less transactions equals. Right. But many people are telling me, you know, if we had 6.9 million houses sell last year, times two on buy side, sell side, that this year we could be 6263. Right. So that's still a lot of transactions, but it doesn't feel like it. Right. So what are you doing today differently as as an agent, as a team leader to help your people that have only been in the business for one to three years navigate, you know, going from 180 miles an hour to 120 and thinking that the world's falling apart? Right. right. What are you doing differently? So this is a great time to polish your skills. Right. Mm-hmm. Learn, mm-hmm. learn the script. Learn what you say when someone says, I'm going to take a break because yeah. interest rates have gone up. I think I need a few months. I'm going to just rent and not right. buy. Even though we've right. been looking at homes for a year yes. and I've made a thousand offers, I'm just yes. going to take a break. Yeah. So we're really working with our team on what do you say? Because they mm-hmm. have each heard that over the last mm-hmm. few weeks. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, the panic has set in. Right. And everyone's taking a deep breath. And we say, OK, guys, let's slow down. Let's talk about how we're going to be the standout agents. We know now a lot of those new agents who came in over the last few years are going to filter yeah. Go, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye. I'm gonna go. You know, work at Chili's. Yeah. Great. So yeah. now with my team, I'm like, guys, this is your time. This is when you are gonna crush it because mm-hmm. you're gonna take all the skills mm-hmm. you've learned. You're gonna take all the knowledge and wisdom we have here in our team. Right. And you're gonna crush it. And so they're a little scared, but honestly, the more we talk them through, this is gonna be a nice balanced market. You're gonna love it. Right. You're actually gonna show a house, write an offer, and get it accepted in the same week. Yes. It's gonna be amazing. Yes. So it's just. Again, it's just talking to them, giving them confidence mm-hmm. that everything's going to be okay. We've been here before. We know how to do this. Yes. Everything's going to be fine. You're like, I started real estate in 2005. Right. That was fun. <laughs> Right <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> right? Exactly. And you navigated that. Yes. Do you tell them about those experiences and those times and how it's different but the same? Like, of course. Because you have to pivot. You have right. to change. We have to. And every time we pivot, just like we did going into COVID, yeah. we pivoted. We figured out how to do FaceTime tours and let's do right. Zoom open houses. Right. And it was amazing. And yes. our team was like, whoa, okay, we're going to do this again. Right. So that's where we are. And we talk about short sales. We talk about foreclosures. Like all of these things we've lived through, we're going to help you. It's going to be okay. And then they just feel better. So, What's your prediction on what happens to the San Diego real estate market? Oh, my gosh. It's not going to stop. Right. It's it's coastal. It's California. I know. There's still tons of people coming in. Yes. And yes. I don't think it's going to stop. I think we, we've hit a little a little bump in the road and people Call, are called nervous. Called 5.25% interest rates or still – I mean, we're, we're at like – incredibly low amounts of inventory nationally, 350,000 properties when in spring we should have like 1.25 million, right? It's pretty nuts. (laughs) 
the numbers are I get the numbers from you. So whatever yeah. you say, I repeat back yes. to everyone else. Yes. Please. Yes. They're 100% well, th- accurate. Thank you, David Childers from This Week in Housing. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. So, I mean, we, we know inventory is still mm-hmm. very low. Interest yeah. rates are historically very low. Yes. So when I tell my team, oh, when my parents bought their first home in San Diego, it was an 18% interest rate. That's right. And that was okay. Yes. And then it was 13%, yeah. and that was okay. Yeah. So 5% historically is so low. Yes. And it's going to be okay. Do you so, find you guys, do you find you're selling like ARM products or interest only loans now? Are you bringing any of that stuff up or does it even matter? It doesn't really matter. I, it's starting. We're seeing it. Yeah. I've actually just this last weekend, we wrote an offer with a 10 year arm and it was right. the first time I'd really done that in a while. Right. So I, I do think that's going to come back to the market. Yeah. It, it's the way that, you know, mortgages can be sexy again is like, yes. oh, well, we can find you this adjustable rate. I, it's right. It's going to happen and yeah. it's going to be fine. We've always had those products and they've been fine. Exactly. Exactly. And when you look at the equity, you know, of, of the country and the percentage of homes that, you know, could be quote unquote at risk, it's so small, yes. right? It's so tiny, but you know, you read the headlines, like and some of your agents, I'm like, oh, you know, foreclosures have doubled. Yes, we went from two to four, yeah. right? Not 400,000, yeah. right? It's, it's make sure you, when you read those headlines for the Pearson listening, make sure you actually read the rest of the article. And then where you realize, is it? Is and, it, yeah. and is it happening in La Jolla? In Diego, right? Is it happening yeah. in you know, Del Mar? I don't think so. Definitely not, definitely not. Okay, let's switch gears. Let's talk about marketing. You, um, I am such a fangirl because you, you personify what I, what I dream about every single day for all my clients. Have a bunch of different lead sources, you know. Be the local expert, and your farming is second to none. And you have like forty percent market share in your farm. We do. Yeah. Okay. Give me, give me the lead pillars. What are the, what are, where, what are the most important lead pillars in your business today? So obviously we know it's going to be like past clients, centers of influence. That's number one. Right. Sphere is number one, right? and number two is geographic farming. And geographic farming. What yeah. goes beyond there? I mean, there really isn't much else. <laughs> You're like, that's all I need. <laughs> we used to do a lot of, you know, lead generation internet, right. you know, internet leads. We've really moved away from it. It just, yes. it wasn't necessary. Yes. And obviously the return is way better when we're working with people we know. Yes. Who like know and trust us. So that's been huge. I think trust is overdone. We'll talk about this more at the summit. I'm going to share it there. Okay. But it is about likability more than ever right now. Yes. And like you, you have to have the track record. You have to have established trust. But now it's like, well, there's a lot of people that I can trust. Yes. And there's a lot of people that are good at selling real estate. But do I like you? Right. Just a little heads up for the people yeah. out there. If you're coming to the summit, you're going to hear all about this. Okay. How many homes are in the farm? Uh, 12,500. Okay. That's a big farm. Yes. What's the turnover it's the like? The whole zip code. It's the whole zip code. The what zip, zip code, code is this? Uh, We're 19- warning everyone in San Diego to stay away. Yes, uh, Scripps Ranch, it's 92131. Yeah. Um, yeah. So suburban San Diego, yep. we're 10 miles due east of La Jolla. Yes. Um, so we still have great access to downtown to yes. La Jolla. Um, yes. And fabulous schools. Yes. Easy to sell all day long. So if I'm in your farm, what happens on a monthly basis? And how what, How long? How long? Was it always 12.5? Oh, gosh, no. Or did we, you start we, small yes. and, okay. We started with like You got very serious right there. Oh, oh no, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> the, the spend is crazy. And that was always the scary part for me. I don't right. like spending money. It's yes. very scary yes. to spend money. So no, yes. we started literally with 250 houses, okay. which is where I live. I did the yep. 250 houses around where I live. Right. And then slowly each year we've added on. And as the business has grown, we've been able to allocate more budget to marketing. Right. And now, you know, we're up to about 10,000 a month just on the farm. Okay. All right. So, so from t- over what period of time? Oh gosh. Um, 
I probably started the farm in 2013, which is when I started coaching yeah. with Tom Ferry. Yeah. And um, yeah, now, so it's, it's been almost 10 years. Right. And just slowly adding on, adding on until we cover it the entire zip code. I love that. When you talk to, you know, the Eileen Rivera's, the Nazar's, the Josh Rubens, the Jill Biggs, all these like legendary Tim Smith, they all say the same thing. I started with like 500. It started to work and then I grew it and grew it and grew it. How many, 125,000, right? Like right. they, but, but they didn't do that overnight, right. right? So I love the progression. And it takes time. Like it, it does literally take time. takes time. And Eileen used to scream at me like, don't quit yet. Cause I would want to pull back. Like it, sure. it was uncomfortable spending yes. all this money. And yes. she would say, don't quit, don't quit. I promise yeah. you it might be eight months, 10 months, a yeah. year before you get the first yep. come list me call. But when you do, mm-hmm. so worth it. So that's where we are now. And it's fabulous. So, so the lessons are one, don't quit. Don't quit. But I would say number two, start small. Absolutely. Do you, do you get in like the weeds on the analytical side of like, what, what should the average turnover be? Like, you know, what's my, you know, like how many, how many mailings can I do before I get the first yes? And do you do anything other than mailings? Like, do you do some of that stuff? No, we do tons of other stuff. Brian is our analytical operations guy. So I'm over here like, let me just make it pretty. And Brian's (laughs) over there like, well, how many of these? Pretty profitable. (laughs) How many do we have to send out to get one come list me call? And yeah. 100% 100% we are tracking those numbers. Good. I'm just not personally, yes. but it's working. Um, we are doing everything. So it's mailers, mm-hmm. which it's a beautiful glossy magazine that goes out once a month mm-hmm. to the whole farm. Yeah. And then on top of that, we're doing publications in our local newsletter. We're doing sponsorships at every one of our schools in the neighborhood. So we yeah. have four elementary schools, one middle school, one high school. Every place has our banner up. We sponsor every team. We sponsor every little league. We, we sponsor any anyone that asks us or anything we know about. Right. Symphonies in the Park, literally everywhere. So it's it's obnoxious. Yeah. Like my kids are completely embarrassed it's by called, the whole thing. We see you everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. It works. Yeah. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. Yes. I, I get embarrassed, especially yes. when like my clients are like, we took a picture, we took a selfie at the grocery store with your big face on the hand sanitizer station. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so embarrassing. But we sell a lot of houses. You so. actually, okay, I would challenge you. Like okay. you should actually do something like send out a postcard or an email to your database and say, you know, we set an intention many years ago to be the local market expert of this zip code. Um, do me a favor, the next time you're out and about, if you see anything with our face on it, take a photo of it and tag me. And then I'm gonna give it like one person gets a dinner to, you know, who we do or something like that. Sure. You'd be blown away by how many people do it. Okay. Right? Okay. And it's just it's like brand awareness, right? The number of times that like one of my kids, uh, their buddies will go, I'm driving down the fifty five freeway and I see the Tom Ferry be like, Your dad's building. Does he own that building? They're like, No. No. He pays rent in that building. Yes, yes. But it's branding. Absolutely. It matters. It, it does. It works. And it's annoying and embarrassing, just mostly for my children, but yes. it works. Yes. So. They'll get over it. Yeah. They'll get over it. Okay. So if you do all that, do you ever go knock on doors? Do you make phone calls? Do you ask your sales team to make phone calls? Is there, what's, where's the grittiness of this team? Yeah. So there's still so much more. That's just the beginning. Yes. And yes. then there's the email marketing and the social media that has to right. follow up and support all yep. of this. Because yep. we do run contests and we do pet of the month people yes. love sending oh, a photo gosh, of their dogs I, hilarious that's an old 2013 oh summit gosh. idea i love that we, we yes. still do it yes. it's so cheesy but people just love to send in their pets i mean sometimes we get like a bird or a pig but most of the time it's a dog <laughs> and it's hilarious and they love it and then they wait for it to come out in the yes. magazine it's the only reason some people read our magazine yes. is for the pet of the month that so, is adorable and then we follow up we follow yes. up we follow up we follow up so we get you know people will 
use our QR code and mm-hmm. check their home value, we're yep. on the phone immediately with them. Yes. If it's a seller, we're on the phone. Yeah. If it's a buyer, we're on the phone two more minutes later. But it's a lot of follow-up. It's a lot of adding them to our database, getting them out into the email marketing mm-hmm. ethos. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we still door knock. If we have a listing, mm-hmm. we door knock usually the 50 homes around the listing mm-hmm. before the open house, after the open house, once it goes pending and when it closes. So That would make Jeff Mays very happy. Good. Yeah. Get out there and tell them you just got it. Tell them what you did, right? Tell them what it sold for. Absolutely. And people love that. They respond well to that. We make friends. We get more listings. Each time we get a listing, the goal is to get two more listings within Mm -hmm. the same pocket. Yeah. It doesn't happen every time. Our turnover rate is not as high as it should be in our zip code. Yeah. You know, inventory is low. But we're we're out there hustling every single day. Well, you're still dominating the market. Do you think it's interesting that QR codes are so hot? like through the pandemic and even after, like they came out in like 2011, I was at the NAR meeting when people were like, literally like they would hand me their business card and go, here, look, my QR code's on it. I'm like, why do I need that? You just handed me your card. Like that that just felt really dumb. I'm sorry if that was you. But now QR codes, I I couldn't imagine doing a direct mail piece today without a QR code. Right. What have you seen in terms of impact? So, I love now they're getting really fancy. Like you can put your picture in the Uh middle of the QR code. That's really cute. So I I challenge. Because you need one more place for your face. (laughs) No. So, but it's really cool. What I what I've noticed, especially generationally, and with Mm -hmm. like my parents' Mm -hmm. generation, they're using QR codes now too, and they think it's cool and they feel hip, and so they do it more just because it makes them feel good about their use of technology. So we're doing it on everything, even in our ads in the magazine, which have our information, but. But then the call to action comes with the QR code. Check your home's value. Here's the QR code. Yep. And they're doing it. And yes. every month we get a higher return on the QR codes. So I, I think when our current target market is baby boomers, like we're looking to get them to sell. Yep. And so it's it's a it's a it's an amazingly steep curve of adoption rate of QR codes since COVID. So Congrats. we're happy about it. Congrats. Yeah. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, QR codes. So Emma, as we wrap this up, first of all, I've got like three pages of notes in front of me. This is super fantastic. Um, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yes. So so what's next? What's the next big iconic move for you? So getting out of production, which is so scary because yeah. I'm, I'm a Why? Why are you doing that? Um, I want to move. I want to move into other businesses, other companies, mm-hmm. investing. I, mm-hmm. We're starting into ancillary services. Yeah. We just started escrow and mortgage and we're, we're looking for the next opportunity. Thank you. So so growth, in order to grow and in order also to empower my team, which is mm-hmm. what I really need to do, I need to let them start taking listings yeah. or serving the listings mm-hmm. and moving myself into more of a, you know, just moving into a role where I get to grow myself and grow my business and let the team continue to do the real estate. So it's scary. Is is it like the next challenge? It is the next challenge. Yeah, Yeah, because I've been doing this for a while and I feel like we're finally at that mastery level, which is Mm -hmm. so scary to say, but it's true. And it's time to to take a challenge and do something new and, and get out of my comfort zone. But it's, it's how I'm going to grow. And yes. it's how I've done it every five years. It's done mm-hmm. something new. Yeah. Um, it's been successful so far. So we'll see. I can't wait. We'll have to do another podcast, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to have to hear way more about this. Um, how many of the 159 transactions were yours last year? A hundred. A hundred? Yes. So so how many effective... I just did this with one of my clients, and, and we determined she needed eight people at net effective salespeople based on her average sales price, transaction count, yada, 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 in order to replace just the personal volume 
So, you know, we're, we're balancing that. Are you yeah. thinking the same or are you just going cold turkey? What <laughs> no, are you it do? won't be cold turkey. Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be a transition like everything yeah. else. Well, I'm a slow study, so it, yes. it'll, it'll take a while, but the goal is to empower my team and my buyer's agents will now become hybrid listing yes. and buyer's agents. Yes. Let them start serving the listings. And we've done it slowly. We just mm-hmm. over the weekend took a listing with one of our buyer's agents. Good. He'll do the entire thing soup to nuts. Yeah. And, and it's super scary. And I feel like it's like my children, like letting them out of the nest, but yes. it's going to be great. And I know once they're doing listings, I can slowly pull back. So because the listings are where the business is at. That's where all right the money now. is. That's where the money right. is. So that's we've the... got to keep those going. Yes. But I, I think letting my team, especially because they're growing too, mm-hmm. and we're letting them do more and more. We will probably add a couple new agents. Yes. I mean, I think we'll need to. But the goal is to stay small. We're mm-hmm. really comfortable. Yeah. And just let them do more of the listing side. And I move more into a, I don't know, what is this role called over here? This Queen this... B? Sure. I'll do Queen <laughs> B. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yeah, we got my team live, but that's good. Emma, thank you so much for being on the show. If somebody wanted to track you down, what's the best place for them to reach you? Is it on Instagram? Is it email? Is it giving your home number? Do you even have a home number? I, I did until like a week ago. And then we finally, finally cut the cord on the home number. I love which it. Was, which was hard. Um, no, I'm on Facebook is my primary. I'm such a dork, I know, but I'm old. So Facebook is where I'm at. Emma Baron Lefkowitz. And I'm on Instagram at Emma Baron Lefkowitz. And, yes. and just call me. Yeah. I answer my phone. Love it. Love it. You're the best. All right. So, hey, make sure you check her out. Um, Obviously, just a wealth of insight here. Make sure you listen to this a couple of times. Maybe share it with a friend or two that's maybe gone through some of the hardships and they're still licking their wounds and it's time to get over that and move forward. Like, subscribe, hit that notification button, do all those fun things. More importantly, leave a comment and let me know what did you get from today's show. I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thank you so much. Take care. 